legend four of old testament legends by m r james this librivox recording is in the public domain legend four the story of aseneth joseph's wife one there was once a great man named potiphera who was high priest of the city of on in egypt and he and his wife had no children one day he went into the temple to offer sacrifice as was his custom he went alone and when he entered the great courtyard of the temple in the middle of which stood the altar he was astonished to see a little child lying upon the altar without waiting to offer his sacrifice he hurried back to his wife what is the matter said she that you come back so hastily i have seen a wonderful thing he said the gods have given us a child the gates of the temple were locked so that no one could get into the court yet there is a child there lying on the altar what say you said his wife what can be the meaning of it so they both hastened to the temple and when potiphera opened the door of the courtyard they saw partly at least how the wonder had happened for now there was an eagle perched upon the altar with its wings spread out over the child it was a little girl quite newly born to protect it they guessed that it was the eagle that had brought the child but of course they could not tell whose it was it was wrapped in swaddling clothes and these potiphera's wife kept carefully by her for she thought the time might come when they might be recognized by the parents of the little child and indeed years afterward this proved to be the case in the meantime potiphera and his wife kept the child and brought her up and treated her as their daughter and they called her aseneth she grew up to be very beautiful she was quite unlike an egyptian girl and might have been taken for a hebrew maiden tall as sarah and lovely as rebecca or rachel so beautiful in fact that all the sons of the princes and nobles of egypt were in love with her and even the son of king pharaoh himself said to his father give me aseneth the daughter of potiphera to wife but pharaoh said nay my son she is not of your rank you must marry a queen remember the daughter of the king of moab is affianced to you but besides being very beautiful aseneth was exceedingly proud there is not a man of all the young nobles whom she would hear of much less look at indeed hardly any man in egypt except her own father had ever seen her face for she lived apart with the maidens who waited on her in a lofty tower which her father had built specially for her it was really a noble palace with ten great rooms one over the other the first room was paved with porphyry and lined with slabs of coloured marbles and the roof was of gold and it was a kind of chapel for aseneth it had golden and silver images of all the gods of egypt and aseneth worshipped them and burnt incense to them every day the second chamber was aseneth's own in it were all her jewels and rich robes and fine linen in the third were stored the provisions of the house and every delicious fruit or sweetmeat that could be got from any part of the world the other seven chambers belonged to the seven maidens who lived with aseneth and tended her they were all of one age and as fair as the stars of heaven and aseneth loved them dearly but to come back to aseneth's own chamber which was the most splendid of all it had three windows one looking out upon the garden of the tower towards the east and another towards the south and the third towards the high road opposite the eastern window stood a golden bed with a coverlet woven of gold and purple and fine linen 
and no one but aseneth herself had ever even sat upon that bed so magnificent and so sacred was it besides all this the tower had all around it a garden with a high wall of squared blocks of stone the gates there were four of them were of iron and each was guarded by eighteen stalwart men in armour the garden itself was full of shade trees bearing splendid fruit and there was a springing fountain at one side of it whose water ran first into a marble trough and then out of that into a stream which watered all the garden and kept it fresh and green here aseneth lived until she was eighteen years old beautiful and proud and caring for no one except her father and mother and her seven maidens now the year in which she became eighteen was the first of the seven years of plenty of which king pharaoh had dreamt in the dream of the seven cows and the seven ears of corn which is written in the bible and joseph was now travelling over all the land of egypt to gather together corn to store up against the seven years of famine which were to follow the seven of plenty and upon a certain day at harvest time potipharah and his wife who had been away at an estate which they possessed in the country returned to the city of on and no sooner had they done so than they received a message from joseph saying let me come and rest at your house during the heat of the day whereupon potipharah was greatly rejoiced and thanked the gods for the honour which joseph did him by visiting him and ordered a great banquet to be prepared just at this time aseneth who had heard that her father and mother were returned came to meet them she had put on her most beautiful robe of linen woven with gold and a golden girdle and necklace and bracelets of precious stones upon which were engraved the names of the gods of egypt and she had a golden diadem on her head and over it a delicate veil she hastened to meet her father and mother and they rejoiced at her wonderful beauty and made her sit by them and showed her the gifts they had brought to her from the country grapes and figs pomegranates and fresh dates and young doves and quails for her to tame to her great delight then her father said to her my child sit here with us i want to speak to you so she sat down between her father and mother and her father took her hand and kissed her and said my darling child do you know that joseph the lord of all this land the man who is going to save the country from the famine that is coming the man whom pharaoh trusts and honours above all others is coming to this house to-day what would you say if i were to offer to give you in marriage to him to live happily with him for the rest of your life then aseneth was very angry she blushed as red as fire and darted an ugly glance at her father sideways and said how can you talk to me so father would you give me to a creature like that the son of a canaanitish labourer who has been in prison yes and sold as a slave and only got out of prison because he contrived to explain a dream of pharaoh's for all the world like the old women certainly not if i marry any one it will be pharaoh's eldest son so potipharah disappointed as he was said no more and aseneth hurried away to her own chamber but she looked out of the window as she went out there ran in a young man one of potipharah's servants and said my lord joseph is just stopping before our gates 
so potipharah and his wife and all their retinue rose and went forth to meet joseph and the gates of the court towards the east were thrown open and the chariot drove in drawn by four milk-white horses with harness of gold and in the chariot stood joseph clad in a tunic of white linen and a blood-red mantle shot with gold on his head was a crown with twelve great gems and above each gem was a ray of gold in his hand was an olive branch with leaves and fruit but fairer than all his equipment was his face for he was more beautiful than any of the sons of men and just as all the young nobles of egypt were mad about aseneth so all the ladies of egypt were in love with joseph but he had not a word to say to any of them for they were all worshippers of idols and joseph worshipped the true god the god of abraham isaac and jacob so the chariot entered the courtyard of potipharah's palace and the gates were shut now aseneth stood at her window and when she saw joseph and the beauty of his countenance she was smitten to the heart her knees trembled and she almost swooned a great fear came upon her and she heaved a deep sigh and said alas alas what have i said what have i done pity me o god of joseph for it was in ignorance that i spoke against him did i not call him a canaanitish labourer's son and lo now he has come into our house like the sun out of heaven fool that i was to rail against him as i did if only my father would give me to him as his slave and drudge i would serve him till i dropped dead at his feet meanwhile joseph who had caught sight of aseneth standing at her window had come into the house and they had washed his feet and set a table for him by himself for joseph would not eat with the egyptians and he said to potipharah who was the woman whom i saw looking out of the window when i came in some stranger if so she must leave this house nay my lord said potipharah she is our daughter and he went on to tell how aseneth disliked the company of men and indeed had hardly seen a strange man before that day and joseph was glad to hear that she hated strange men and said if she is your daughter i will love her from this day forth as a sister accordingly aseneth's mother went and fetched aseneth and she greeted joseph and he her then said potipharah come near my child and kiss your brother but when she drew near joseph put out his hand and thrust her away and spoke thus it is not right for one who worships the living god and eats the bread of life and drinks the cup of immortality to kiss one that praises with her lips dead idols and eats the bread of death from their tables and drinks the cup of deceit at these harsh words aseneth was bitterly grieved she shrank back and looked piteously at joseph and her eyes filled with tears and when he saw how hurt she was joseph who was full of kindness raised his hand over her head and blessed her praying that god who gives life to all and brings us out of darkness into light might give life and light to her soul and number her among his chosen people and bring her into the everlasting rest which he has promised to them so aseneth went back to her chamber full of mingled joy and sorrow and she cast herself down on her bed and wept and that same evening joseph left the house of potipharah and set forth on his journey again but said he i will come back to you in eight days time 
potipharah also and his wife and their servants went back to their country house and aseneth and her seven maidens were left alone and the sun went down and all was quiet two when every one else in the tower was asleep aseneth who had remained weeping on her bed rose up stealthily and crept downstairs to the gate of the tower where the woman who kept the door was asleep with her children and as quietly as she could she unhooked the heavy leather curtain that hung in the doorway and spreading it out on the floor heaped up upon it all the cinders and ashes out of the hearth folded the corners together dragged it upstairs and threw it down on the floor then she barred the door of her room securely and burst into bitter weeping it so happened that the maiden whom aseneth loved the best of all her seven companions was awake and heard the sounds of crying she was alarmed and flew to wake up the other attendants and all of them came to the door of aseneth's chamber which was locked and barred they called to her what is the matter dear mistress open to us and let us come in and comfort you but aseneth answered from within it is nothing but a violent headache i am in bed and too tired and ill to get up and open the door go back all of you to your beds i shall be well to-morrow so they dispersed to their rooms and when they were safely gone aseneth got up and opened the door of the room in which she kept her dresses and jewels taking care to make no noise and from among all her robes she chose out a black one which she had worn years before when the only son of potipharah had died and she cast off her royal robe and her diadem and veil and girdle and put on the black robe and girded it with a rope next she went to the shrine wherein stood all the golden and silver images of her gods and took them and threw them out of the window for the wayfarers to pick up and she took the supper that had been laid out for her of all manner of delicate meats and threw that into the highway for the dogs to eat and she emptied the ashes out of the leather curtain upon the floor and she let down her hair and cast some of the ashes upon her head she smote her breast and wept and thus she sat in silence and misery till seven days and nights were accomplished and on the morning of the eighth day when it was just dawning and the birds had begun to twitter in the trees of the garden and the dogs to bark at the passers-by aseneth raised herself a little from her crouching posture among the ashes and turned herself to the window that looked towards the east she was faint and ill and weary from her long fasting and watching her tongue was dry as horn her eyes were glazed and her fair face was haggard she bent her head down and clasped her hands together and crouched down again among the ashes and said to herself it is all over i have no one to turn to now my father and mother will cast me off for i have dishonoured their gods they will say aseneth is no daughter of ours my kindred will hate me and all the youths whom i have despised and rejected will rejoice at my humiliation and joseph will have nothing to say to me because i am a foul worshipper of idols yet she went on to say i have heard that the god of the hebrews is a merciful god long-suffering and compassionate not hard upon those that have sinned ignorantly if they are sorry for what they have done why should i not turn to him who knows if he will not have pity upon my loneliness and protect me for they say he is the father of the fatherless and cares for those who are in trouble 
so she rose and knelt upon her knees with her face turned toward the east and looked up into heaven and prayed save me she said from those who are pursuing me before i am caught by them as a little child when it is frightened runs to its father and the father stretches out his arms and catches it to his breast so i flee to thee i know that satan the old lion is hunting me for he is the father of the gods of egypt and i have insulted them and destroyed their images i have no hope but in thee see i have cast off all my beautiful robes and ornaments i sit here in sackcloth and ashes i have fasted and wept these seven days because i know that i have done wrong in worshipping dumb idols and in speaking scornfully against joseph but lord i did it in ignorance save me and above all watch over joseph whom i love more than my own life keep him lord in safety and let me be his handmaid and his slave if thou wilt so that i may minister to him all the days i have to live much more did aseneth say in her prayer but it is not written down here when she had ended the morning star was just coming up in the east and aseneth rejoiced when she saw it and said can it be that god has heard my prayer and that this star is the herald of the light of the great day then in that part of the sky where the star was shining there opened a little cleft in the heavens and a bright light shone out of it so dazzling that she fell on her face upon the ashes and in the next instant there stood over her a man who was all flashing with light and he called to her aseneth rise up who can this be who calls me she said my door is barred and the tower is high no one can have come into my chamber so she did not look up but the man called her again aseneth aseneth and at last she answered here i am lord tell me who art thou he answered i am the prince of all the army of heaven rise up and stand on your feet and hear my words then for the first time she looked at him and saw that he was in all things like joseph with royal robe and crown and sceptre but his face and hair and hands and feet were bright like the sun and his eyes pierced like lightning and again she was afraid and fell on her face but he said do not be afraid hear what i am come to say to you thereupon she rose and stood up weak as she was and he bade her go into her inner chamber and put off her black robe and the sackcloth and ashes and bathe herself in clear water and array herself in the noblest of her robes and come back to him now when this was done and she had returned to him fresh and beautiful as formerly he spoke kindly to her and blessed her and said god has heard your prayer he has looked upon your sorrow and tears and has forgiven your sin be of good cheer for your name is written in the book of life and shall no more be blotted out from this day forth you shall eat the bread of life and drink the cup of immortality and be anointed with the oil of joy and a new name shall be given you even the name of the city of refuge for as you have come to god for refuge many shall in like manner come to him through your example by repentance and now behold this day i shall go to joseph and tell him that which has befallen you and he shall come to you this very day and make you his bride make ready therefore and array yourself in the bridal robe that is laid up in your chamber and put upon you all your elect ornaments and prepare yourself to meet him 
when aseneth heard this joyful news she fell on her face at the feet of the messenger and gave thanks to god and said she my lord stay yet a little while i pray you and sit upon this couch and i will set a table before you and bread and you shall eat and i will bring you wine old and fragrant and you shall drink and so go on your way for she did not know that it was an angel who had come to her and he said i will do so hasten therefore and make ready so first she set before him a table and as she was going to fetch the bread he said to her bring a honeycomb also but at this she stopped and was troubled in her mind for she knew that there was no honeycomb in her storeroom why do you stop said the angel sir she answered let me send a boy to the farm which is near by and he shall fetch you a honeycomb in a moment no said he you need only go into your storeroom and you will find one upon the table bring that to me sir she answered i know that there is none there but he said go and you will find it she went therefore and found the honeycomb as he had said it was large and as white as snow and full of honey and the smell of it was as the breath of life she wondered greatly but she would not delay and she brought it out and put it on the table before the angel then he called her to him and as she moved towards him he stretched out his right hand over her head and again she was afraid for she saw sparks and flashes of fire coming from it as if it were of heated iron so that she gazed upon him earnestly in astonishment but he smiled and said you are blessed aseneth for you have seen some of the secret things of god it is of this honeycomb that the angels eat in paradise and the bees of paradise have made it of the dew of the roses of life in the garden of god and whosoever tastes it shall not die for ever then he put forth his right hand and took a piece of the honeycomb and tasted it and gave a portion to aseneth and she ate it and he said now you have received the food of life and your youth shall know no old age and your beauty shall never fade and again he stretched forth his right hand and drew his finger across the honeycomb from the east side of it to the west and from the north side to the south and where his finger touched it there was left a track of the colour of blood and immediately there came out of the honeycomb a multitude of bees they were white like snow and their wings were purple and scarlet and they swarmed about aseneth and made honey upon her lips among them there were some that made as though they would have stung her but these the angel rebuked and they fell to the ground dead but after a while the angel said to the bees go to your place and at that they rose up in a swarm and flew out of the window and up into the sky then he touched with his rod the dead bees upon the floor and said to them go ye also to your place and they came to life and flew out of the window and settled upon the trees in the garden of aseneth and for the third time he stretched out his hand and touched the honeycomb upon the table and straightway there burst forth a flame and consumed the honeycomb but upon the table it left no mark and the sweet smell of the burning filled all the chamber then said aseneth sir i have seven companions maidens who have been brought up with me and i love them as sisters may i not call them and you shall bless them as you have blessed me so she called them in and made them stand before the angel and he blessed them and thereafter he said to aseneth take away the table and as she turned aside to lift it he was gone 
but through the window she saw in the sky a chariot and four horses shining like fire going into the heavens towards the east and the angel standing in the chariot then she said ah foolish that i am i knew not that it was an angel out of heaven that came into my chamber and now behold he is going back into heaven to his own place pardon me my lord and spare thy handmaid for it was in ignorance that i spoke so boldly before thee while she was still wondering there came a messenger and said joseph the mighty one of god is on his way hither and immediately aseneth sent for the steward of the palace and bade him prepare a great banquet and make all things ready but she herself remembering the words of the angel went into her inner chamber and adorned herself as a bride in shining robes and upon her head she put a crown of gold which had in the midst over her forehead a great jacinth stone and six other precious stones round it and she covered her head with a veil of wonderful beauty then she called to one of her maidens who brought her a basin of pure water and when she saw the reflection of her face in the water she was astonished at the beauty and freshness and brightness of it just then the steward of the palace came in to say that all was ready and he too was struck with amazement at the sight of her and said lady what is the cause of this wonderful beauty can it be that the god of heaven has chosen you to be the bride of joseph his elect and while he was yet speaking the sound of joseph's chariot wheels was heard without then aseneth hastened and went down to meet joseph and her seven maidens followed her and they all stood in the porch of the palace and when joseph saw aseneth he also marvelled and said who art thou maiden and she answered thy handmaid aseneth and i have cast away all my idols and they are gone and she went on and told him of the coming of the angel to her and he rejoiced then they came near and embraced one another and she led him into her father's house and bade him sit on her father's throne and joseph said let one of the maidens come and wash my feet but aseneth said no from henceforth i am your handmaid your hands are my hands your feet are my feet and your soul is my soul none other shall wash your feet but i so she compelled him and washed his feet and after that he kissed her again and made her sit down beside him on his right hand and as they were talking together potipharah and his wife and their household entered the palace having returned from the country and they were amazed and rejoiced at the sight of joseph and aseneth and when they learned all that had happened they rejoiced yet more and potipharah said to-morrow i will call together all my kinsfolk and prepare your marriage feast but joseph said nay but i will go first to pharaoh and speak to him concerning aseneth that i may take her to wife for he is to me as a father so on the next day joseph departed to see pharaoh and forthwith pharaoh sent for potipharah and his wife and aseneth and in their presence he blessed aseneth and joined her hand with the hand of joseph and crowned them with golden crowns and made a great feast for them lasting seven days and all the land of egypt rejoiced so joseph and aseneth were married and after that two sons were born to them even ephraim and manasseh in the house of joseph three now when the seven years of plenty were over the years of famine began and jacob and his sons came to dwell in egypt in the land of goshen as it is told in the bible 
Then Asenath said to Joseph, Let me go and see your father and greet him. So Joseph brought her to Jacob, and his brethren met him, and did him obeisance at the door of the house, and they entered in. And when they saw Jacob, who was sitting upon his bed, Asenath was struck with amazement at the sight of him, for he was noble to look upon. His head was white as snow, his beard was long, flowing over his bosom, his eyes were bright and flashing, and his muscles and limbs were those of a giant. And Asenath fell on her face before him, and Israel said, Is this thy wife, my son Joseph? Blessed shall she be of the Most High God. Then he called her to him, and she fell on his breast, and he kissed her, and they rejoiced together. After that he inquired of her concerning her parents, and Asenath told him how an eagle had brought her and laid her upon the altar of the temple of On, and she showed him the swaddling clothes in which she had been wrapped. And Jacob knew that they belonged to his own daughter Dinah, and thus it was made known to him that Asenath was of his own race, and he was the more glad and when they departed from him simeon and levi accompanied them with the other sons of leah and rachel but the sons of billah and zilpah would not go with them for they hated joseph and of all joseph's brethren asenath loved levi the most for he was a prophet and a seer and could read the signs of the stars of heaven now it happened that as they were on their way to visit Jacob, the eldest son of Pharaoh was on the city wall, and he saw Asenath and loved her immediately, and could think of nothing but how he might make away with Joseph and take Asenath for his own wife. And after a few days he sent secretly to Simeon and Levi and said to them, I know that you are mighty men, and that with your two swords alone you defeated the men of Shechem and overthrew their city. I have sent for you because I wish to make you my friends, and if you will do what I ask you, I will give you riches and lands and houses, in a word, all that you can desire. Now, what I would have you do is this. You must know that I have been bitterly wronged by your brother Joseph. He has married Asenath, who was betrothed to me long ago. Join with me, therefore, and help me to kill him, and I will take Asenath to wife, and you shall be my brothers. If you refuse, I will slay you. And with these words he drew his sword and flourished it at them. At this Simeon, who was a man of hot temper, was enraged and would have drawn his own sword and cut down the prince. But Levi, who could read his thoughts, trod upon his foot and made signs to him to be quiet and whispered, Why be angry with this fellow? We are God-fearing men and must not render evil for evil." Then Levi said calmly and mildly to Pharaoh's son, Why does my lord speak thus to his servants? We can do no such wickedness against our brother and against our God. Let us hear no more such evil words. But if you will not be persuaded, know that our swords will be drawn against you. With that both the brothers drew their swords, and when the son of Pharaoh saw them, he crouched upon the ground in terror, for they flashed like flames of fire and dazzled his eyes. But Levi said, Get up, and do not be frightened. Only take care that you say nothing more of this kind against our brother Joseph. And they went forth from his presence. But he could not restrain himself, for he was half mad with anger and fear and with love of Asenath. And after some days his servant said to him, Do you know that the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah are at enmity with Joseph and Asenath? They will do all that you ask of them. 
so he sent for them for dan and gad and naphtali and asher and they came to him in the first hour of the night and after he had greeted them he sent away his servants and said to the brethren listen to me life and death are before you choose which you will have will you die like women or fight like men i overheard your brother joseph saying to my father pharaoh dan and gad and naphtali and asher are no brethren of mine they are the sons of my father's handmaids and i am only waiting till my father dies to make an end of them and their families it was they who sold me to the ishmaelites and i am going to repay it into their bosom and my father said it is well spoken you have leave to take any of my bodyguard and deal with them as you will then dan and gad and their brothers were sorely troubled and they said oh sir help us and we will be your servants for ever and he said i will hear me now this night i will kill my father pharaoh for he is the helper of joseph and do you for your part slay joseph then i will take asenath to wife and you shall be my brethren and joint heirs with me in the kingdom so they said we will do so and thus it shall be we heard joseph say to asenath that she should go to-morrow into the vineyard for it is the time of vintage we therefore will go this night into the bed of the river and hide among the reeds and do you take with you fifty archers upon horses and go on before then will aseneth come and fall into our ambush and we will kill the men that are with her and she will flee in her chariot and fall into your hands and you shall do to her as seems good to you as for joseph while he is mourning for aseneth we will kill him but first we will slay his children before his face and pharaoh's son rejoiced greatly and sent them forth with a great body of mighty men and they went and hid themselves in four companies among the reeds of the river on either side of the road yet naphtali and asher murmured against their elder brothers dan and gad saying to what purpose are you conspiring again did you not sell joseph for a slave before and lo he is become lord over all egypt now therefore if you imagine evil against him he will call upon god and fire will come down out of heaven and devour you and the angels of god will fight against you but their elder brothers were angry and said what then would you have are we to die like women not so and the counsel of naphtali and asher did not prevail with them in the same night the son of pharaoh rose up and went to his father's chamber with intent to slay him as he had promised but when he came to the door the guard stopped him and said what is my lord's will he said i desire to see my father for i am going away to-morrow to visit my vineyard which i have newly planted and they said your father is ill and has not slept until now and he gave us commandment that no man should come into his chamber no not if he were his first-born son so he went away in a rage and took fifty archers with him on horses and went on before as dan and gad had said aseneth also rose early in the morning and said to joseph lo i go to the vineyard as you appointed but my soul is troubled greatly at being parted from you but joseph said oh be of good cheer the lord is with you and will keep you as the apple of an eye as for me i go to distribute corn to the people of the land that no man in egypt may perish of hunger 
so aseneth went her way and as she came to the place of the ambush by the river the men that were in hiding rushed out upon her and slew all the guard that were with her even six hundred soldiers and fifty runners and aseneth fled away upon her chariot now levi though he was far off saw in the spirit what was being done for he was a seer and told his brethren of the peril of aseneth and they girded every man his sword upon his thigh and took up their shields and their spears and ran swiftly after aseneth and as she fled on before suddenly she saw the son of pharaoh in the way and the horsemen that were with him then was aseneth in great fear and she called upon the name of her god but benjamin was in the chariot with her now he was a lad of nineteen years beautiful exceedingly and strong as a lion's whelp and when he saw the men he leapt down from the chariot and caught up a round stone out of the brook and threw it at the son of pharaoh and smote him on the left temple so that he fell from his horse half dead then benjamin leapt up upon a rock by the wayside and called to the driver of the chariot give me stones out of the river-bed and he gave them and with fifty stones benjamin slew the fifty archers that were with pharaoh's son every stone smote a man on the temples moreover the sons of leah reuben and simeon levi and judah ishkar and zebulon pursued after the men that had laid wait for aseneth and fell upon them suddenly and cut them to pieces but the sons of bilhah and zilpah fled before them saying we are undone and now behold the son of pharaoh is dead and all they that were with him let us at least slay aseneth and benjamin and flee into the woods so they pursued after aseneth and came upon her with their swords drawn and dripping with blood and she was greatly afraid and said lord god who did save me from false gods and from the corruption of death and did say thy soul shall live for ever save me now from the hands of these wicked men and god heard her prayer and straightway the swords of the men fell out of their hands and crumbled into dust then they were very sore afraid saying the lord fighteth against us and they fell down on their faces and besought aseneth saying we have imagined evil against you and the lord hath brought it back upon us but now have pity upon us and save us from the wrath of our brethren and she said go then and hide yourselves in the reeds until i appease them and turn away their anger only the lord be judge betwixt me and you then they ran and hid among the reeds and their brethren the sons of leah came running like hearts to overtake them and aseneth lighted down from her chariot and fell on their necks weeping and rejoicing and they said where are our brothers the sons of the handmaids that they might kill them but aseneth said i beseech you spare them for the lord saved me out of their hands and broke their swords and behold there they lie like wax melted before the fire let it suffice you that the lord hath fought against them on our behalf and spare them for they are your brethren and the sons of your father israel then said simeon why doth our sister say so nay but we will hew them in pieces with our swords for they have done evil against joseph and against our father and against thee also this day and aseneth took hold upon simeon's beard and kissed him and said do not my brother in any wise render evil for evil the lord shall judge between us and now see they are fled afar off forgive them therefore and spare their lives 
then levi came near and kissed her right hand for he knew that his brethren were in hiding among the reeds but he would not reveal it to the others lest they should fall upon them and he loved aseneth because she would save them alive now the son of pharaoh who was fallen from his horse began to recover himself and sat up and spat blood out of his mouth for the blood ran down from the wound on his temple into his mouth and benjamin saw it and ran and drew the sword of the son of pharaoh for as yet benjamin bare no sword upon his thigh and would have slain him but levi hastened and caught his hand saying it is not right for us that fear god to trample upon him that is fallen or to afflict our enemy to death put back the sword into its place and help me and we will tend his wound and if he lives he shall be our friend then levi helped up the son of pharaoh from the ground and washed the blood from his face and bound up his wound with a bandage and put him upon his horse and took him to pharaoh his father and told him all that had happened and pharaoh rose up from his throne and blessed levi but on the third day after the son of pharaoh died of his wound and pharaoh mourned sore for his first-born son insomuch that he fell sick and died being a hundred and nine years old and left his crown to joseph and joseph reigned alone in egypt forty and eight years and thereafter gave the kingdom to the younger son of pharaoh who was a suckling child when his father died and thenceforth joseph was called the father of the king throughout all the land of egypt End of Legend 4